Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Pro Wrestling Nation. I, of course, am your host. My name is Funky Sam Medina. What is up, you guys? What is up? What's been going on? Hey, first of all, I know that I've been MIA lately. I know that I have not been around, uh, but that's just my gimmick. I live the gimmick. You can't hold me down. You can't hold me to a schedule. I do what I want. Uh, I'm just kidding, you guys. I've been lazy. I've been super lazy. I wanted to do some episodes. I wanted to do an episode after uh, AEW New Japan Forbidden Door. Uh, that pay-per-view was so much fun. You know, when they first announced it, I was like, oh, you know, that's going to kind of probably not be that great. But it ended up being like really fun, really great show. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. I'm not going to review it here. I was going to review it, but then like a few days went by and then a few more days went by. And then before you know it, it's too late. You know, so I wanted to to get the SummerSlam review in before it was too late. It kind of already is too late, but whatever. That's fine. That's fine because my goal here is to get into the habit of doing more episodes, of recording, sitting down, recording, doing episodes, putting them up, and just sharing my love with professional wrestling for all you know with all of you guys. You know, having cool people on here, whether it be wrestlers or comedians that love wrestling or just whoever, right? people on here talking about wrestling having a good time sharing our love with it oh i just bumped the microphone i'm talking with my hands like you can see me i'm just moving my hands around i'm just moving my hands everywhere i'm just talking with my hands as if it matters as if you can really see what i'm doing uh anyway (laughs) i'm off i'm just just off the rails here today so i want to share this with you guys i want to do this so i'm going to just do some more episodes we're going to have a good time with it. We're going to have a bunch of cool people on. And it's just going to be just crazy, right? Balls to the wall. Let's do this. Goonies never say die. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I forgot uh, what I was talking about before I started talking about Goonies. Um, wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. I'm here. I'm back. I want to do episodes. So let's do some episodes. Before we get into that, I just want to tell you that I've been doing another podcast with my wife. Uh, called Hypothetical Comedy, the podcast, where we talk to comedian friends of ours, and we just talk about their life and their comedy journey and their what's going on in their world and, and all that fun stuff. It's a lot of laughs. It's a good time. It's really fun. It's a feel-good moment. You know, it's a feel-good moment. Go, go listen to it. Um, it's called Hypothetical Comedy. We have about seven or eight episodes up right now. It's myself, my lovely wife, and we just talk to our comedy friends. Go check that out anywhere podcasts are available and also at hypotheticalcomedy.com because this podcast and that podcast are part of the Hypothetical Comedy Podcast Network. And then speaking of this podcast, you can also find this podcast, Pro Wrestling Nation, on reddragonsradio.com. Go check out reddragonsradio.com. My boy, my boy Don Mega's over there holding it down. You know, there's a bunch of content that you're going to love over there, whether it be movie podcasts or wrestling podcasts. You're going to love it. So go check that out. Don Mega, reddragonsradio.com. Hell yeah. Let's move on, you guys. Let's move on. Let's talk about some professional wrestling, shall we? So... We, we're in a new era. You know, I mentioned being excited about being a wrestling fan. It hasn't been exciting in a long time. But now we're in a new era where there's just something in the air. There's something in the air. It just feels like anything can happen. And let me tell you, anything can happen. By the time we get to the end of this podcast, you're going to believe me that anything can happen. So uh, let's go back a little bit, a couple of months in time. Uh, I think it was April 
Wall Street Journal or whatever major publication it was uh, broke the news that Vince McMahon was under investigation by the WWE Board of Directors uh, because some, some story came out that he uh, was having an affair with a female employee and he used WWE money as hush money, right? Now, having an affair is not illegal, but using the company's money to cover it up, uh, there's kind of it's kind of a problem there. So uh, an investigation was underway. Um, I think a few more situations kind of came out to the surface, and um, it wasn't looking good for Vince McMahon. So he decided to to step down as CEO. Well, in that in that case, uh, Stephanie McMahon was appointed the interim CEO because the plan at that time was that Vince was going to step down until this whole allegations thing kind of blows over, and then he's going to just resume his position he's going to resume being in charge and just resume uh keeping keeping the company in a in a in a stalemate i don't know what you want to call it i don't know what you want to call it but uh so and even at this time you guys uh vince mcmahon put himself on tv on raw and smackdown a couple of times to come out and just say some insignificant shit like he came out on on raw and he was like hey you guys in three weeks, John Cena will be here. That's pretty cool, right? And, like, that's all he really said. And so um, it didn't really matter that he was coming out. He was just kind of doing it to put himself in front of the crowd. But at the same time, they were, like, loving him. Because I thought they were going to boo him out of the city. You know, boo him out of the building. But they loved him. They gave him so much adulation and so much worship when he came out. So that's why he did it a couple more times. You know, probably. He probably liked the adulation. You know, and at this point in his life, that might be the last time he ever goes out to the ring. That might be the last time he ever gets cheered. You know, so I guess we'll let him have it. I guess he can enjoy it, right? Um, so moving forward a little bit, a few more situations come out. Uh, Vince Men's in really bad hot water. Um, the WWE decided that I think it was he owed the company something like $14.6 million that he used in hush money. Um, settlements or whatever you want to call it. Him and uh, Johnny Ace over there just uh, spending the WWE money on on hush money, I guess. Anyway, so at this point, uh, it's kind of too far out of control for him to to do damage control, I guess. So the next step for Vince McMahon is to, to, to retire. So he puts out a tweet that says, at 77, it's time that I retire. You know, I never thought I would live in a world where Vince McMahon was not in charge of World Wrestling Entertainment. I never thought I would live in a post-Vince McMahon world. But here we are. Here we are. I don't know what retirement means to him. I don't know if retirement means um, that he is no longer uh, CEO of the company, but he still calls the shots. I don't know if retired for him means that he's at home with the dog, with his feet up on the couch, watching television. I don't know what it means for him. So I don't know if he's still in charge. I don't know if he's still pulling the strings. I don't know if he has nothing to do with anything that's happening. But he retires. Stephanie McMahon gets permanent CEO of the company. And Triple H, now this is what I'm pretty sure that I read online. Triple H was appointed head of talent relations, which means that he's in charge of hiring and firing people. And then uh, the next, a few days later, I think it was from Friday to Monday, Monday, he was appointed head of creative. So now he's not just in charge of what talent 
is working for the company. He's in charge of what's happening on the television. Now, if you uh, were a big fan of what Triple H was doing in NXT a few years ago, then this is great news. This is fantastic news because I feel like Triple H has a has a booking style that the fans love and appreciate, and I feel like um, this will be something. Uh, that he'll be able to just do for the fans. And this will be his love story to wrestling. You know what I mean? Because now it's not NXT. It's the big thing. It's the main roster. It's like this big international global phenomenon. And he's going to be shaping it. And he's going to be deciding who's on TV and what they're doing and who his guys are and all this different stuff. And it's so exciting, the change that we're in. Anything can happen. Anything can happen anything can happen so i've been watching so much wrestling lately i watched the first raw that took place um since triple h was in charge of the company well triple h and stephanie i guess it's their company now the mcmahon helmsley regime has finally taken over the company for real isn't that crazy you guys um so let's go over monday night raw from july 25th uh it's the go home show for SummerSlam, I couldn't think of it, and uh, it was in Madison Square Garden in New York City, and I believe this was the Rey Mysterio uh, 20-year anniversary special. I think that's what this was. So let's see what's happening here. Uh, We start the show off, Money in the Bank, uh, Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar is coming up. We're going to talk about that a little bit. We go to commercial. Uh, The first match is going to be Theory versus Drew McIntyre. That happened. And then we get uh, just Drew McIntyre wins by disqualification. Uh, They go back and forth with punches with McIntyre coming out on top. McIntyre sends him into the ropes, hits a a, a double A spine buster for a near fall. McIntyre sets up for the end, but Sheamus and his crew attack him, and he wins by disqualification. Uh, Sheamus, Butch, and Ridge Holland take it to McIntyre. Sheamus digs a shillelagh into his face. Uh, Bobby Lashley runs out. And helps McIntyre. And then Bobby Lashley and McIntyre clear the ring. And they see three behind them. And then uh, somebody... And then uh, three ran away. McIntyre yelled, you little bitch. I don't remember seeing him yell, you little bitch, on TV. But that's pretty neat. Uh, tag team match. Theory and Sheamus versus Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley. I think we can skip that, you guys. That's just a generic standard uh, tag team match player. Who won that match? Winners by submission, Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley. All right. Video package of the legendary Rey Mysterio. His 20-year celebration is coming up tonight. Rey Mysterio celebrates 20 years. Rey and Dominic hit the ring. Uh, Rey gives a little speech, a very heartfelt speech. I thought this they would say this for San Diego, but I guess Madison Square Garden is good enough. Uh, saved, Rey saved his best for last. He thanked the fans, all the people there. And then they were saying, gracias. And to him in Spanish. And then Dominic pointed out Finn Balor. And they come to ringside. And then uh, they come over the barrier. And so we have a tag team match. It's the Mysterios versus Judgment Day. Finn Balor and Damian Priest. This match is okay, you guys. Um, We get uh, Mysterios win uh, by pinfall. Because Dominic Mysterio hits a 619. Or Ray and Dominic hit 619s, and then Ray goes to the top rope, does an Eddie Guerrero uh, shimmy, hits a frog splash on Finn Balor for the win. One, two, three. The Mysterio family celebrates backstage. Uh, Ray and Dominic run off 
from the ring celebrating. Hell yeah. Uh, next we'll hear from Bianca Belair. Uh, going into that. Raw Women's Champion Becky Lynch makes way to the ring. And then uh, Lynch attacks Belair. And they get into a little fight see there. And then Alexa Bliss is backstage. Alexa Bliss versus Dewdrop. You know, I really like Dewdrop. I f- I'm glad that they're finally doing some stuff with her. I wish they wouldn't call her Dewdrop. I wish they'd call her, you know, have a better name for her. Um, but, you know, whatever. I'm glad that she's on the main roster. And I'm glad that she's living her dream. You know, she's awesome. She lost. You know, Alexa Bliss beat her. But that's it's Alexa Bliss. Uh, AJ Styles is backstage with Paul Logan. I'm sorry, Logan Paul. Uh, Styles tells him to shut the Miz up at SummerSlam. It's pretty cool, right? We have the debut of Paul Logan's t- talk show called Impulsive TV. And Paul Logan comes out, and then the Maurice comes out, and they talk about the Miz's balls a little bit. And then we go to AJ Styles and Dolph Ziggler versus the Alpha Academy. It's pretty cool, right? AJ Styles and Dolph Ziggler win. You know, I'm getting kind of getting tired of AJ Styles getting thrown up to all these different random groups. I just feel like, not groups, I mean tag teams. I just feel like, uh, I don't know. I mean, I want to see AJ Styles be WWE champion. I want to see him fighting Roman. I want to see him at the top of the card. I don't want to see him tagging with Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler is like the the anchor. Uh, Six-man tag team match is our main event. The Bloodline, the Universal Undisputed Champion Roman Reigns, and the WWE Undisputed Tag Team Champions, the Usos, with Paul Heyman versus the Street Profits and Riddle. This was a cool match. And then uh, at the end, the Bloodline wins. Seth Rollins comes out, attacks Riddle. They fight, they fight. Raw ends the end. All right. Oh, here's quick results. Drew McIntyre defeats Theory. Uh, Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley defeat Theory and Sheamus via submission. The Mysterios defeat The Judgment Day. Alexa Bliss defeats Dewdrop. AJ Styles and Dolph Ziggler defeat The Alpha Academy. And The Bloodline defeats the other people that I already mentioned. Hell yeah, you guys. So that was that was the first Raw uh, with Triple H in charge. It doesn't seem too bad. I mean, the main event was a pretty good six-man tag uh, with the Bloodline against the Street Profits and, and, and Riddle. Uh, they're kind of continuing the storylines. It's just the first Raw uh, that Triple H was in charge, so he can't really... He's not going to just, like, do a quick change. He's going to do a gradual change, you guys. He's not just going to flip a bitch on the freeway. You know, you can't do that. You can't just change on the drop of a dime because there's promotional things in place. There's different things that are just already moving. It's a big, it's a big train. It's a big auto, you know, a big locomotive. You know, you got to like pump the brakes a little bit. You can't just hit the brakes because then everything's just going to come crashing down and hurt inside. You know, you got to be a man. You, you can't let it slide. All right. So then... We go into SummerSlam weekend, and I don't know if I told you this or not because I've done this podcast so many times, but going into SummerSlam weekend, I was like, Ric Flair's roast, hell yes, SummerSlam, skippable, right? Oh, man, do I feel differently now. Let me tell you first about the Ric Flair roast. It was so bad. The Ric Flair roast was so bad, you guys. There was three jokes. There was three jokes involved. Uh, His money situation his womanizing, and his drinking. And it just went on and on and on and on for three hours. And it didn't even feel like a roast. It just felt like all the jokes were in bad taste. I don't know. I don't know, you guys. I'm a comedian. I've seen some roasts live. I've seen roasts on television. 
I've never seen a roast like this. I cringed more than I laughed. There was a few, you know, funny moments in there. I laughed a couple of times, but I cringed more than I laughed. You guys, if you have a choice between pot roast and Ric Flair's roast, please choose pot roast. Pot roast, please. Thank you. Shoosh. Um, it was a good, I don't know, it was fun. I was just waiting for it to be fun. It just wasn't that fun, you know? It was just a roast, and it was just there, and people were just being mean-spirited. And, and they were like, I don't know. I don't know, you guys. Just listen to it, watch it, whatever you want to do. But just remember, I warned you, so don't come at me saying that I didn't warn you. Don't watch it. Watch SummerSlam instead. So let's get into SummerSlam. What happened? What happened with SummerSlam, you ask? Well, let me tell you. The first thing we have here, the very first match, is going to be the Women's Championship from Monday Night Raw. It's going to be uh, Bianca Belair defeating Becky Lynch by pinfall in 15 minutes and 10 seconds. Now, this was a good match. It was a hard-hitting fight match. And these two women went out there. They brought their best. They brought their absolute best. Becky Lynch has a huge dislocated shoulder. It's, like, such a problem. I didn't see the patients until afterwards. Like, I didn't know about this during the match. I guess I didn't realize it at the, at the time after the match was over. But I didn't realize it until I saw pictures. But her shoulder was so, so dislocated. It was so bad. Um, but she finished the match. She lost. It was a good match. And then as soon as the match is over... Here comes Bailey, and they're like, "Oh my God, Bailey is back!" And Bailey's like, "Remember me, Bianca? You remember me?" And I'm like, "Bailey, you've been gone for a year. That's the duration of her career on the main roster. How did she remember you? She probably doesn't know who you are." Anyway, so Bailey came back, and she's like, "You remember me, Bianca? You remember me?" And then she's like, "Boom!" And then Dakota Kai came out, and the cool thing about Dakota Kai is that she got released in in April. So she's been out of the company. She hasn't gone anywhere. She hasn't done anything, but she got released back in April. And so, like, she's one of the internet favorites. She's an internet darling, if, if you will. And so she came out, and it was just a huge moment. Everybody lost their shit. It was so exciting. And she's like, I got one more for you. And then Io Shirai. Io Shirai comes out. They kept calling her Io Sky, and I was like, what is wrong with these people? Like, do they not know who she is? I found out the next day, I think, or maybe a day or two later, that they did officially change her name to Eosky. I don't know why. Maybe that's easier. And they changed the name of the spelling of her first name from I-O to I-Y-O. E-O? E-O? I don't know. Um, just, I guess it's more more uh, aesthetically pleasing. Like, because it looks the way it sounds. I don't know. I never had a problem with her name. I think her name is super cool. It's way better than Eo Sky, you know. But whatever. Uh, Eo Shirai is now Eo Sky in WWE, and she's part of Bailey's group. So Bailey has this group now. It's her. It's it's Dakota Kai. It's uh, Eo Sky, and they're the rhyming girls, and they just like to rhyme things. I'm just kidding, but they do rhyme. Eo Sky, uh, Dakota Kai, <laughs> Bailey. <laughs> Yeah, they rhyme. What can I say? They rhyme. So that was pretty exciting. And then they got in Bianca's face. And then uh, Becky came over and Becky kind of like stood next to Bianca to kind of back her up. And that was enough for the other girls to go, all right, all right, we're going to back off. We're going to back off, but we're still going to get you eventually. And so um, they backed off. And it was really exciting to see them. And so at this point, 
what are they doing, right? What are they trying to do? This is what they're trying to do. They're trying to establish unpredictability early in the show. The first match happens. Bailey comes back. Bailey isn't alone. She has Io Shirai, who supposedly was not going to resign because she wanted to go back to Japan. She was going to pull a uh, Kyrie Sane, go back to Japan, and just do her thing there. But somehow Triple H convinced her to stay. And Dakota Kai, who was gone, she was literally gone. They fired her in April. And the internet like was so upset that they fired her. The internet loved her. She's back. Um, this group is exciting. And anything can happen. This is an opening segment. Well, I guess it's after the match. But like it's the first non-match segment. And it's telling you early in the show, anything can happen. And anything will happen. So let's move on. The next match was The Miz versus Paul Logan. Um, I keep saying Paul Logan. Logan Paul versus The Miz, which was a cool match. You know, it was good. Logan Paul, he's a pretty decent wrestler. He's a pretty good wrestler. You know, they train him well. He does the moves good. You know, he he gets it sometimes. He gets it better than some people do. I feel like he gets it better than Dominic Mysterio gets it sometimes in a lot of ways. Um, he looks a lot more fluid. I feel like Dominic looks a lot more stiff. Um, so Logan Paul uh, is definitely picking this up a lot faster than Dominic is, which is cool. You know, everybody's different, whatever. That's fine. But, like, get this guy off my TV. I don't want to see Logan Paul. I don't want to see Jake Paul. I don't even want to see The Miz. Get them all off my TV. Let's, let's move on with our lives, shall we? I think Logan Paul won, and then I don't know what happened. Um, the next match is going to be Bobby Lashley defending successfully the United States title against Theory by submission in a match that was 4 minutes and 45 seconds. I don't know what they're doing with Theory nowadays. Um, I guess Roman told him, Daddy ain't here to protect you anymore. And he meant it uh, because Triple H is not on the Theory bandwagon, it looks like. Uh, 4 minutes and 45 seconds. Uh, we'll see, though. We'll see because Theory... He's young, you know, he's still, he's going to bounce back. He wasn't on Raw, uh, apparently, the next night or two nights later because of a family emergency. So we haven't really seen what Theory is going to do in the Triple H era yet. Um, so anything can happen still. He's still, anything can still happen. He could become champion by the end of the year. Who knows? He could also lose his briefcase to Otis. I don't know. You know, anything can happen. All right. Um, the Mysterios defeated the Judgment Day, Finn Balor, and Damian Priest with Rhea Ripley by pinfall in 11 minutes and 5 seconds in a match that was no disqualification. Uh, Edge came back during this match. Edge came back and he helped the Mysterios win. Uh, They probably, I was going to say they probably didn't need his help, but they probably did. And so I'm glad that Edge came back and he helped the Mysterios. It was was okay. It was okay, you know. Uh, This match is more story than it is wrestling, um, you know, because obviously it's a big story with the uh, the whole Judgment Day situation going on. And I feel like Dominic, Dominic Mysterio is probably going to join them sooner than later. I feel like Dominic's going to join them pretty soon, actually. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Uh, SummerSlam happened. Uh, Edge helped them win. That uh, was fine. Nobody joined the Judgment Day, and we can move on with our lives. Uh, Pat McAfee defeated Happy Corbin 
by pinfall in a match that was 10 minutes and 40 seconds. Uh, Pat McAfee, Happy Corbin, uh, changed the channel. All right. Um, in a tag team match, that's for the Undisputed World Tag Team Championships, with Jeff Jarrett as a special guest referee, the Usos defeated the Street Profits in 13 minutes and 25 seconds. Uh, this is a pretty standard tag team match. It was cool. The Usos are good. The Usos are like one of the best tag teams I've ever seen, you know, perform. They're just amazing. Uh, they kick butt. Uh, Jeff Jarrett didn't really serve much here as the as the referee. Um, it kind of just, it was what it was, you know. Uh, in a singles match for the WWE SmackDown Women's Champion, Liv Morgan defended her title successfully by defeating Ronda Rousey uh, by pinfall in a match that was four minutes and thirty five seconds. So here's the deal: is um, Ronda looked like she got hurt. In the match with Natalia at Money in the Bank. So what I'm thinking is that Ronda uh, beat Natalia. Ronda's still the champion. Uh, they had Liv with the briefcase. They thought that Ronda injured herself. So they sent Liv out to the ring to go cash in her Money in the Bank. And then Liv uh, ended up pinning Ronda 1-2-3. Now, the, the, the significant thing about this is there's only been three women in the history of the WWE that have pinned Ronda Rousey. It's Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, and now Liv Morgan, right? So that's a pretty elite list for Liv to be on, okay? And so uh, Ronda, you know, got mad and they had to do a rematch and whatever, whatever, whatever. And so they go into this match at SummerSlam, right, for the title and... Uh, you know, obviously, Rana's going to whip her. Rana's going to win. Um, I guess she's not hurt after all, right? But this match was only four and a half minutes. So you want to go, maybe she is hurt. Maybe there's a reason why this match was short. And maybe there's a reason why Rhonda lost. So this match ended. Uh, Rhonda had Liv in like this super arm bar. And Liv was just screaming in pain. And Rhonda was just pushing down really hard. Her shoulders were into the mat. And the referee counted one, two, Three and just I guess as two hit, you know, because Ronda's shoulders were down. As two hit, Liv Morgan tapped Ronda's ankle, whatever she tapped on her. So Ronda felt the tap on her leg, her her ankle, whatever. And so as a three hit, Ronda let the hole go. And they're like, here's your winner, and still SmackDown Women's Champion Liv Morgan. And Ronda was so mad. She's like, no, 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 no. She tapped. She tapped. She tapped. She tapped. They showed the replay. Liv did tap, uh, but the referee was counting the shoulders. So the referee wasn't looking at the tap. So it doesn't really count if the referee wasn't looking at it. And that's kind of what happened. And then Ronda lost her shit. She attacked Liv. She grabbed Liv. She hit her with the arm bar. She got her in a really bad arm bar. She was just destroying her arm. And then she attacked the referee. All these different things, right? And so coming out of SummerSlam, Liv is injured now, you know, kayfabe right she got beat up she got her shoulder attacked she got this arm bar on her she's hurting and also uh ronda rousey is suspended and she's fined so then you want to go maybe she is hurt you know they put her in this short match at at money in the bank they built up to this match at SummerSlam. it's four and a half minutes now is it four and a half minutes because like that's what the wwe does with women sometimes or was it four and a half minutes because Ronda Rousey was hurt, right? And now she's suspended, so now she's at home. So maybe she is hurt. Maybe she wanted a time off. Who knows? 
right? The hot season's over. WrestleMania's over. Maybe she wants to come back at the Royal Rumble next year. Saying that, I just want to say now, there's only one person in the WWE that's pinned Ronda Rousey two times, and that's Liv Morgan. So now Liv Morgan is the only woman in WWE history that's defeated Ronda Rousey twice. So that's a pretty big deal. That's a pretty big deal, you guys. That's all I'm saying. So she beat Ronda. Ronda got mad and then just beat her up. And here we are. Uh, Now we're going into the main event. It's a last man standing match for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman defeats the Beast, the Conqueror, the Cowboy, Brock Lesnar in a match that's 23 minutes long. This match, you guys... This is easily the best match these two guys have ever had. Going into SummerSlam, when they first announced it, the whole internet was like, oh, yuck, yuck. We've seen these guys so many times. Yuck. Uh, It was a good match. It was a really good match. These two guys brought it. They knew they had to because they had all these matches. These guys have been fighting since 2015, okay? Since 2015. They've been fighting for seven years, okay? They had to bring stuff they never brought before. At some point... Brock brought a tractor down to the ring, and he lifted the ring 20 feet in the air. I don't know if it was 20 feet. I didn't measure it. But I guessed. I guessed 20 feet. So uh, we have that, right? That was, like, such a cool visual. Nobody's ever done that. We've never seen that before. It was crazy. It was just craziness. It was just absolutely just utter craziness. So, yeah. Uh, Roman Reigns just, I mean, it was just, it was just, they were beating the crap out of each other, man. This match was just knock down, drag out, fight. Roman Reigns finally does, at the end, pick up the win. And Roman Reigns retains the WWE Undisputed Universal Heavyweight Championship of the World. Or whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, so that happened. That was SummerSlam for you. Uh, I think SummerSlam was really fun. Uh, it was... It was really, it was really exciting. And then, like I said, SummerSlam started with that first segment after the first match with Bailey and Io Sky. See, I was trying to say Io Shirai and Io Sky at the same time, and I said Skarai. Um Io Shirai, Dakota Kai, um, with the with the notion and the attitude that anything can and will happen. So. Uh, this is exciting, you guys. This is super exciting. Uh, we go into the next week. We go into Monday Night Raw. You guys, we go into Monday Night Raw. And this is going to be uh, August, August 1st, uh, Raw after SummerSlam. Live from Houston, Texas, you guys. The Toyota Center in Houston, Texas. Then, now, forever. You know. So then let's go to the quick recap here. It doesn't want to give me segments, though. Uh, but that's okay. So let's see. I don't know. Maybe this one doesn't have the quick recap on it. Oh, here we go. Uh, AJ Styles. So so this Raw, this is Triple H's second Raw. Um, but it was really the first time he's had a week to like come up with ideas. You know? And so um, this Raw had a really good theme on it. We had two triple threat matches. And then the winners of those two matches were in the main event. I guess it wasn't the main event. But they were like later on in the night, um, and the winner of that was the number one, the, the the number one contender to the United States title. 
Um, we'll, we'll get into that in a moment. So Raw started off with Becky Lynch, right? She has a hurt shoulder. Her arm was in a sling. She comes out to the ring, and she talks about how, you know, she's learned a lesson and, um, you know, whatever, whatever, right? She doesn't need all this glitz and this glamour to be to be Becky Lynch. She's gonna be the man. She's gonna be this. She's gonna be that. She's doing this huge baby face turn, you guys. And I totally marked out when she said, I'm going to bring out the woman who brought out the B-E-S-T in me over the last year. And she brought out Bianca Belair. Like, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe she said that. That was Bianca's thing. She hella did that. Ooh, all right, Becky. Like, I was really marking out for that, that baby face turn. So Becky at Lynch, if you're listening, which you're obviously not, um, good job. You got me. I loved your heel, your baby face turn. Did I say heel turn this whole time? I loved your baby face turn. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing you come back, you know, after your shoulder injury is up. And then we go into Becky Lynch um, thanking Bianca Belair. She gave Bianca the floor respectfully. She shook her hand and she left. And then Bianca was in the ring. And she was kind of trying to justify to the fans while she shook Becky's hand because, like, you know, Becky screwed her over she turned on her so many times over the last year since becky came back last i think becky came back last SummerSlam from having her baby so she's been back for a full calendar year now you know but she's been a heel the entire time and so she's basically been in a pain in the ass for bianca for the past year but bianca's like i gotta i had to shake her hand she showed me respect i gotta show her respect you know we've been we've been through the wars together we've been fighting each other like We've gained a mutual respect for each other. And then, like, just at this moment, it shows on the big screen uh, that Becky is getting destroyed and beat up by Bailey and uh, crew. I don't know what they're called. Bailey and company. And um, Bianca just runs back there. And by the time she gets there, people are gone. And she kept asking Becky what happened. It's like, what happened? What, what, what do you think happened? I just got my ass whipped. That's what happened. Uh, but then they announced that... Um, that the attack on Becky Lynch made her shoulder injury worse. So she'll be out for a longer period of time. Um, I think it was probably a bad injury to begin with. And they're like doing that to kind of ride her off TV, to put heat on Bailey, all these different things, you know, because Bailey goes heel and, and, uh, and Becky goes babyface. It works. It works out really well. Uh, then we go into our, then we go into our first match. And it's uh, a triple threat match uh, for the United States number one contendership. It's AJ Styles defeating Mustafa Mustafa Ali and The Miz in a triple threat match. So that means that AJ Styles will go on later on to face the winner of the other match. And the winner of that match is the new number one contender for the U.S. title. It's a good little one-night tournament. It's a good way to get six contenders in there. It's, it's a really good for... Um, for them to do to do like this, I feel like Triple H's booking is already pretty good. You know, this is just getting out the gate. Um, in the second match, so check this out, you guys. Uh, Seth Rollins came out and he was running his mouth about Riddle because Riddle got hurt. Uh, Riddle was hurt the last week before the last Monday before SummerSlam. He got hurt, so he was unable to have a match at SummerSlam because he was injured, according to dirt sheets, right? Um, he did this thing at SummerSlam where he jumped in the ring and he called out Seth because it was supposed to be Riddle versus Seth, but Riddle got hurt. So he called out Seth. Seth came out 
and they got into a brawl. It wasn't a match. It was just a brawl. And then Riddle ended up getting curb stomped in the ring. And then Seth walked away laughing about it. And that made Riddle's injury worse now too. And so expect Riddle to be out for an extended period of time. Uh, I hope he comes back as Matt Riddle. I hope when he's out uh, with his injury, he finds his first name and he comes back as Matt Riddle. Uh, we'll see what happens, though. Uh, but for now, expect not to see Becky Lynch or Riddle around for a while. So Seth was in the ring. He was talking about Riddle, how it was it was provoked and, and it was Riddle's fault and it wasn't his fault. And then the Street Profits come out and the Street Profits are like, we want to fight you, Seth. And Seth goes, whoa, 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 hold on a second there. Did you know that there's two of you and there's one of me? That's not very fair, you know. Maybe if there's one of you guys and then, you know, one of me, I will consider it. But I don't think so. I think we'll fight a different time. And then Montez Ford, who everybody is saying is going to be a star, stepped up. And he said, who wants to see me whip Seth Rollins' ass tonight? And then that turned into a one-on-one match. Seth Rollins versus Montez Ford. Um, kind of just to see what Montez can do, you know, I guess, in a one-on-one match with one of the best. Uh, I wasn't too impressed, to tell you the truth. I feel like Montez Ford is a lot more exciting in a tag team match. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what's going on. I don't know. What did you think? What did you guys think of Montez Ford? I wasn't too thrilled with him. He wasn't great. Uh, Seth kind of carried that match as far as what I saw. But we'll see. I think Montez Ford does have a future. It just isn't now. It just isn't right now. Um, in the next match of the night, uh, it was Alexa Bliss versus Asuka. And that ended in a no contest because uh, Bailey and her group came out and they beat up both women. Uh, so Bailey and her group came out, they beat up both women, uh, which prompted Bianca Belair to come out. And she, you know they she cleared house, she chased them away, whatever. And then Bianca Belair grabbed the microphone and she's like, "I don't care who it is, I want to fight one of you tonight." And I guess EO Sky was like, "I'll do it." And so later on tonight, later on the show. We're going to have Bianca Belair versus Io Sky, who's having her first debut ever on Raw, which is super cool because she's going to be in front of people who have never seen her wrestle before. A ton of people who have never seen her wrestle before. And she's going to wrestle for the first time. And it's going to be against Bianca Belair. She's going to impress people. It's going to be a great match. And it's going to be super fun. And people are going to know that Io Sky is a badass and that she means business, right? So I'm super excited about that match coming up later on. Uh, our next triple threat match for the United States title tournament thingy. And it's going to be uh, Ciampa, Tommaso Ciampa, formerly Tommaso Ciampa, defeating Dolph Ziggler and Chad Gable in a triple threat match. This was a good match. You know, it's cool to see Ciampa on the main roster doing stuff. It's cool to see Ziggler doing things uh, when he's not in a silly little tag team with AJ Styles. It's good to see Chad Gable doing things because I love Chad Gable. So I was all for this match. If you can tell, I like this booking a lot. The three that were in the first match, Mustafa Ali, The Miz, AJ Styles, the three that are in this match, Ciampa, Ziggler, and uh, Chad Gable, you can tell, like, this is good booking. You know what I mean? This is really good booking. And at one point, what I thought was hilarious, uh, Dolph Ziggler was yelling, Shoosh! Uh, to Chad Gable, and then Chad Gable's like, you don't shoot the shoosher, and I thought that was pretty funny, they made a big deal of it on commentary, that he was trying to shoosh Chad Gable, shoosh please, 
Shoosh. Um, I like that gimmick. I love that gimmick, to tell you the truth. It's really fun. Uh, so that means that uh, Tommaso Ciampa is going to face AJ Styles one-on-one later on tonight, and the winner of that match becomes the number one contender to the United States Championship held by Mr. Bobby Lashley. All right, you guys. Uh, the next match that we saw was Raw Women's Champion Bianca Belair uh, defeating uh, Io Sky. No, it was a no contest uh, in a non-title match because all the women came out to the ring uh, all the bad girls, bad guy girls, came out. They beat up on Bianca, and then Alexa Bliss and Oscar came out to uh, to uh, even up the odds, even up the numbers, and they chased the bad guy girls away. And so now we're probably going to get a six man tag on Raw tomorrow. Uh, that's my guess: Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, and Oscar versus the bad guy girls. We'll see. We'll see. Um, in a really good match, Tommaso Ciampa defeated AJ Styles with help from The Miz. Uh, there was a really good match. These two guys were just tearing it down. Good booking, right? Another good booking match. Io Sky versus Bianca Belair. Look at this. Usos versus The Mysterios in the main event. Like, this is good booking, you guys. So, at one point, uh, AJ was fighting Tommaso Ciampa and the outside. And they're fighting towards the crowd area. And then AJ is like is going back over the barrier and Miz is there and Miz is holding his leg, but he's like kneeling down so the referee can't see him. And then the AJ finally kicks the Miz off like at seven and then he jumps in the ring. And so if the, if AJ Styles is jumping in the ring at like three or four, you know, there's a chance he could take his time with his guard up. Right. But he's jumping in the ring at seven, eight, nine, something like this. And he needs to get in there quick. So he's going to jump in there regardless. So he just jumps in he stands up, super kick or whatever it was. He gets pinned. One, two, three. Tommaso Ciampa is your number one contender for the United States title. Next week on Raw, a.k.a. tomorrow night on Raw, Tommaso Ciampa is going to face Bobby Lashley for the United States title in Cleveland. In Cleveland. Now, I just saw this thing with Johnny Gargano over the weekend. Um, what's NXT for Johnny Gargano? Like, what is he going to do? It was a really fun interview with him and Candice. And they talked about their their uh, the stuff they're doing in NXT and, like, the thought behind it and the idea behind it and the goals and different things like that. But it's like, what's next for Johnny Gargano? And he said that he wants to take a year off to spend a minimum of one year with his baby, right, before he goes back into wrestling. Well, they're going to be in Cleveland tomorrow night. The baby was born in February, so this has not been a year. It's not been a year. It's not been a year. Johnny Gargano will not be on Raw. He will not attack Tommaso Ciampa. He will not cost him the match. It's not going to happen. I really hope it is. I really hope he's on. I really hope he's there. I really do. I really hope he's there, you guys. I really hope that Gargano's on Raw tomorrow night. I hope he comes out. I hope he attacks Ciampa or something or whatever happens. I don't even know. But I want to see Gargano and Candice LeRae back in the WWE. Although they said that they probably weren't going to do it because it hasn't been a year yet. So we'll see. We'll see, you guys. I'm excited about it. It's super cool. It's super exciting. Um, anything can happen. WWE, anything can happen, right? Um, so let's talk about, uh, let's switch the gears for a minute. And let's talk about All Elite Wrestling. Uh, AEW uh, has been doing some pretty exciting things. Uh, CM Punk is their world champion. 
But as you know, he's hurt. And now John Moxley is their interim champion. Uh, but according to him, like, cut the interim bullshit. He's a two-time AEW world champion, which I kind of agree with, too. Um, the whole idea with the interim title is that uh, when CM Punk comes back, uh, you know, Moxley or whoever is the interim champion at the time, is going to have a match against Punk, and then they're going to determine the champion from there, right? So Punk's going to come back as champion, and so that's why we have an interim champion right now. So um, I think Moxley's doing a really good job as being the interim champion, and uh, he came out on on Dynamite, and he cut a promo. Well, he had a match, I guess. Um, is this the match? Okay, I'm getting my weeks mixed up, I think. I'm getting my weeks mixed up. So last, so not this previous one, but the week before, uh, he had a match in the opening of the show. And after the match was over, Chris Jericho came out. And Chris Jericho was like, John Moxley, it's been years, but I'm demanding my rematch for the AEW World Championship two weeks from now, which is this week, this Wednesday. Two weeks from now at Quake by the Lake. And then Moxley was like, you know what, Jericho? I'll tell you what. I'll give you a title shot on one condition. I don't want to fight the wizard. I don't want to fight the sports entertainment bullshit. I want Lionheart. I want the last surviving member of the Heart Dungeon. I want the man that's going to fight for his life. I don't know. I just added that part in. But, like, he wants old school angry Chris Jericho, right? So fast forwarding to Dynamite this week. Chris Jericho answered that promo, and that's in the main event, so we'll get to that eventually. Um, the show started off with uh, Jay Lethal versus Orange Cassidy. Uh, skip, skip, skip. Uh, Britt Baker uh, and Jamie Hayter versus um, Thunderstorm. Uh, Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm. I really like Tony Storm and Thunder Rosa as Thunderstorm. I think that's a great name for them. I like them a lot. Uh, but they did get their asses whipped here in this match. And they did show us why Britt Baker is the most dominant woman in wrestling today. Uh, Powerhouse, Ho- Powerhouse Hobbs had a match. And as he was coming to the ring, Taz announced that Team Taz is officially dead. Which, you know, whatever. Taz's son is the champion, the FCW champion, so it's fine. Uh, Christian Cage defeated Matt Hardy. And uh, the Acclaimed defeated the Gun Club in a dumpster match, and it was weird. It was a weird match. Um, Let's see. As the Acclaimed came to the ring, Max Castor wrapped the following. Acclaimed, gonna leave the Gun Club in a bad way. We got the match in the bag because it's trash day. No filter. I and Instagram. We make the ass boys retire like Vince McMahon. Ouch. <laughs> that's the that's in these results, you guys. They put Max Caster's rap in these results. Um, and then our main event. Uh, Chris Jericho defeats Wheeler Yuta uh, in a match that was obviously, obviously it was in a match to just kind of show us that he was... Um, just a badass, right? To show us that, that Chris Jericho is back. That Lionheart is back. He put uh, he put Wheeler Yuta in his variation of the Boston Crab. And Excalibur's like, Walls of Jericho! Walls of Jericho! And William Regal's like, 
No, that's the lion tamer. And I thought that was crazy. I thought that was great. I showed my wife clips of Jericho doing the lion tamer in WCW. That movie is that move that move is so devastating. He rests his knee on your head. So that's crazy. That's crazy. So I'm looking forward um, to Dynamite this week. Uh, it's cool because I get out of work at 5. Well, actually, no. I get out of work at 4 now starting <sighs> starting next week. But um, I've been getting out of work at 5. And so I have my laptop, my personal laptop, kind of like right by me. So like maybe like two minutes before I get off work, I start opening, you know, getting ready to watch Dynamite. And it's super cool. It's super fun. And then I punch out and I take the laptop, my laptop, and I go outside in the garage. And I just chill and, you know, drink a beer, whatever, watch watch dynamite i really enjoy it and so this week uh the main event is going to be john moxley versus chris jericho for the AEW championship and i'm super excited about that super excited about that all right you guys last show i want to go over uh which is going to be smackdown oh no you know what i'm sorry i skipped right over rick flair's last match uh we had a show on sunday the day after SummerSlam. It was called rick flair's last match and it was basically Ric Flair's last match. So the history on this, um, they announced it, I think, earlier this year. And originally, um, it was speculated that the match was going to be uh, Ric Flair and FTR versus Ricky, the Dragon Steamboat, and the Rock and Roll Express. That was the original idea of the match. And um, I think Tony Khan had kind of a falling out with Ric Flair over the whole uh, plane ride from hell thing. Because uh, at the time I read that, like, Tony Khan, you know, said that Ric Flair is no longer, like, welcome at AEW shows and, and this and that, right? Uh, because he found out what Ric Flair did on that plane ride, even though he kind of should have known. I mean, I knew. I knew. And who am I, right? I'm not Tony Khan. Um, but anyway, so he, he wasn't really into Ric Flair anymore after that. So that might be why FTR ended up not being on the show. Tony Khan may have put a stop to that because, of course, they're under contract with AEW. He's kind of in charge. So, um, oh man, what else? What else? What else? Um, the Rock and Roll Express. I'm not sure what happened to them, but uh, Ricky Morton did wrestle on the show. So maybe just Robert Gibson couldn't wrestle. And so they kind of like bowed out of that. Um, Ricky Morton ended up being in one of the, the earlier matches on the show with his son. He tags with his son. And I think they call themselves the new Rock and Roll Express. Or something like that. But Robert Gibson was in their corner. And then uh, as far as Ricky Steamboat goes, I did read online uh, that he said, you know, something along the lines of like whatever money they were offering him wasn't worth it. Because he's like really, he's really, really old, you guys. He hasn't wrestled in a long time. His body probably doesn't, you know, work like it used to. He probably is in a lot of pain. So they give him an offer and it's not a good enough offer. He's not going to take it. So Ricky Steamboat turned it down, which is fine, which is fine. Um, and then, you know, Rick, Rick Flair's training and they're doing vignettes and all these different things. And then they really worked us, they worked us so hard, you guys. Um, there was a story online that Rick Flair, uh, had a falling out with Jay Lethal because Jay Lethal was training Rick for his comeback. And at some point during the training, Jay Lethal, Jay Lethal's like, Hey Rick, you know, what am I going to do on the show? What's my role on the show? And Rick's like, what? You're not on the show. And Jay Lethal was, like, super offended about that. That's what story came out online, right? And that ended up being part of the show because they announced uh, the main event of Ric Flair's last match was Ric Flair and Andrade versus 
Jay Lethal and Double J, Jeff Jarrett. Um, and the whole premise was that, you know, Ric Flair didn't appreciate Jay Lethal and Ric Flair this and Ric Flair that. And they were so angry at him and they jumped him in the parking lot and all these different things, right? Um, so they had to have a lot of personal uh, history behind it and they had to have a lot of anger and personal issues, which was cool, which is a good way to do it, you know? Anyways, uh, let's see here. Uh, so this show was pretty good. Um, it had AEW, Impact, New Japan, MLW, Indie Workers. It had a lot of people in it. It was this really, this really cool melting pot of a show, you know. Uh, let's see. Um, among the matches, let's see. I don't want to. I just wanted to give you some results here. Oh, so we had a pre-show uh, show uh, where we had a bunkhouse uh, brawl, which was really fun. Uh, the GCW guys ended up interfering and uh, um, invading. And there was a bunch of guys there from GCW. And then uh, Mance Warner ended up being the winner of the match. Uh, but it was really good. It was really good. It was a really fun match. Even though a lot of... You know, it's funny because the people they had in it, they had like James Storm and like Bully Ray, right? And all these other guys. But I feel like if the GCW guys did not invade, then it wouldn't have been such a good match. So it was a really good match. It was probably my favorite match of the night, to tell you the truth. And that was the pre-show. Um, let's see. So we're going to the show here. Oh, here we go. The participants included... Um, oh, this says the match was trash. Uh, the participants included James Storm, Cal Hero, Big Damo. Oh, I was really sad because Big Damo did not do shit in this match. He got eliminated really early. He didn't do anything. And I really think Big Damo is going to be a star. He has the potential to be a huge star. Um, Crimson, Gringo Loco, Commander, uh, Wolfie D, Joey Janela, Sin Bodie, Effie, Crowbar, Bully Ray, Matthew Justice, Manders, Jordan Oliver, RSP, Blake Christian, and Mance Warner. Um, those are all the guys in this match, apparently, or at least most of them. Uh, it was a good match. You know, you really thought that um, Bully Ray was going to win. Uh, but at the last minute, Mance Warner, whoever the fuck Mance Warner is, uh, he won the match. I don't know who he is, uh, but he won the match. Uh, we had Tony Schiavone uh, with David Crockett on the call. And then the third, the third chair on commentary was kind of a rotating chair, which was kind of neat. Uh, opening match, Motor City Machine Guns defeated the Wolves in 11 minutes and 6 seconds. Scott Demore from Impact Wrestling sat in on commentary for this match. Um, it took kind of a bit for this match to get off the ground, to get going. And I feel like by the time this match got going, it was over. Um, it was a pretty good match. It was okay. The Machine Guns won. It was a dream match. But like I said, it didn't really get going. Um, and then by the time it did, the match was really over. Uh, Killer Cross with Scarlet, defeated Davy Boy Smith Jr. in 5 minutes and 22 seconds. I was looking forward to this match so much. I was so excited about it. Uh, these two are two of my favorite guys. I like them both a lot. They're both hard-hitting. They're both just explosive. And they both make it look really devastating out there. So uh, this match was very disappointing. Uh, it was a squash match. Killer Cross destroyed Davy Boy Smith Jr., uh, there wasn't much substance to the. There wasn't much. There wasn't much here. There wasn't much substance to this match. It was just kind of existed in time. I feel like that about a lot of these matches. Like no offense to any of these people here on the show, but I feel like whoever put this show together 
didn't do a great job and there was a lot of substance here but like not a lot of like sizzle you know what i mean like like a lot of these matches didn't really get off the ground um the next match is going to be jonathan grisham defeating alan, alan angels uh to takashita and nick wayne in a in a four-way to earn a progress world title shot uh ian riccaboni from ring of honor was on the commentary for this one uh this was an okay match i feel like this was kind of a way to give him uh to give uh what's his name uh jonathan grisham a title because he was so upset that he lost uh the ring of honor title and i've actually heard online that since then he's gone on to become the progress world champion so shout out to jonathan grisham number 20 in the world uh pwi 500 uh he didn't want to lose to claudio what a great guy. All right, let's get this thing going. Uh, the next match was Brock Anderson and Brian Pillman Jr. with Arn Anderson uh, representing the Four Horsemen versus Kerry and Ricky Morton with Robert Gibson representing the Rock and Roll Express. Uh, this match was 7 minutes, 21 seconds. I'm going to go ahead and say it again. This match didn't really get off the ground very well. Uh, it was just kind of there. It was all right. Uh, Brian Pillman and Brock Anderson um, get the win. Did they? I don't remember. Uh, yeah, they hit a gutbuster on the Elder Morton to get the pinfall. And then it says, Pillman Jr. and Anderson made a much better team than the Varsity Blondes. Ouch! It's probably true, though, because Griff Garrison isn't really that great. And then they lost. They lost Julia Hart, the only like thing that they had going for them in that tag team. Julia Hart, they lost her. All right. Uh, Ray Phoenix defeated Bandito, Black Taurus, and Laredo Kid in a four-way match. 11 minutes, 45 seconds. This was an insane Lucha Spot Fest match. This was probably one of the best matches of the night. Uh, Ray Phoenix won. It was a great great match, great time. Uh, this is one match that you probably should go see. Um, they gave him plenty of time, and it was, it was really fun. Uh, Impact World Champion Josh Alexander uh, versus Josh, 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 Joshua Fatu in a no contest match in 10 minutes and 40 seconds, 10 minutes and 14 seconds, rather. Uh, Tom Hannafan uh, from Impact Wrestling was on commentary for this match. Um, this match was pretty, this match was pretty okay. I was also looking forward to this match as well. Um, it wasn't that great. Uh, Matt Cordona and Brian Myers and uh, Mark Sterling ran in and uh, started attacking them. The match in the match ended in a no contest. Fatu took out Myers and then disappeared. Alexander spiked Sperling down, Sterling down with a double underhook power driver. DDP ran in and gave Cardona the diamond cutter. DDP celebrated with John Alexander. And then in the back, uh, Jerry Jarrett and Jerry Lawler. We're preparing Jeff Jarrett for his match tonight. Jerry Lawler cut a promo, an excellent promo, and asked Jarrett to reclaim the Fargo strut from Ric Flair tonight. Woo! The Briscoes defeated Marshall and Ross Von Erich in 7 minutes and 43 seconds. This is another pretty okay match that didn't really get off the ground. Um, Impact's world champion Jordan Grace defeated Rachel Ellering and Diana Perrazzo in a three-way match in nine minutes and 17 seconds. This match uh, was another match that was pretty okay. I feel like this match also did not get really off the ground. Um, by the time they did, it was over. And then, uh, yeah, so then we have uh, the main event now. Ric Flair and Andrade versus Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett, 26 minutes and 40 seconds. Uh, Ric Flair and Andrade got the win 
Uh, it was a really good match. The match, uh, it was mostly Andrade, of course, right? Ric Flair couldn't do a lot. He's pretty old. <laughs> He's pretty old. He's old. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. He's getting up there. It's harder for him to do this. It's harder for him to move around. So Andrade did most of the match. Uh, the match did end. Let me tell you this. Jeff Jarrett, okay, I don't know how old Jeff Jarrett is, but Jeff Jarrett looked like a million dollars out there. Jeff Jarrett was incredible. He was great. He wrestled good. I don't know how he felt about it, like if, if it was like if it took a toll on him or if he enjoyed it or what it was. But Jeff Jarrett looked like a million bucks out there. And if WWE wanted to, he could probably have a couple of matches for them. Anyway, um, at one point, Conrad Thompson threw in brass knuckles to Andrade. Andrade was trying to put the knuckles on Ric Flair's fist. But Ric Flair was like so out of it and beat up that he couldn't really clench them. He couldn't really close his fist. He dropped the brass knuckles a couple of times. And then he finally got up. Andrade got him to his feet. He got the brass knuckles back into his hand. Uh, Ric Flair punched Jeff Jarrett. Jarrett went down. Um, and then Ric Flair threw the brass knuckles away. And then he got Jeff Jarrett into the figure four. And then the referee counted one, two, three. The thing is, is Ric Flair's shoulders were also down. Because when you when you have somebody in the figure four, you're supposed to put your arms you know, under yourself and like hold up your shoulders. But Ric Flair's shoulders were also down to the mat because he was so exhausted that he couldn't really hold himself up very well. And so his shoulders were down. And so like Ric Flair and Andrade won the match. But in reality, that's a no contest. That's a double count out. They were both down. They counted the shoulders of both men on the mat. This is like a whole Ronda and, and Liv Morgan situation again, right? The referee wasn't looking at Ric Flair. You know, he was looking at Jeff Jarrett. And then whatever, blah, blah, blah. And so that was fun. Um, so then Ric Flair celebrated, you know, Tony Schiavone, his family, all that fun stuff. Uh, it was nice to see that Ric Flair survived his last match. And uh, it's a few days later now, and he's still he's still kicking. He's still doing it. And so, uh, yeah, good for him, you know. It's a payday. Um, it wasn't that great. Uh, but it was it was a moment. It was a moment in wrestling history that we're going to remember forever. You know, in 20 years from now, I'm not going to remember Kevin Cross and Harry Smith having a mediocre match. I'm going to remember Ric Flair's last match, and that's all that's really going to matter. All right, you guys, um, let's move on to the, the SmackDown, the most recent SmackDown, and I don't think I have the results up for that yet, but I want to talk about that. Because that is what it's all about right now. And I'm super excited about it. So let's recap uh, the most recent episode of SmackDown from August 5th, 2022. Because now uh, we're, we're here. We're past SummerSlam. We're in the Triple H regime. We're in the Stephanie McMahon era. The triplet, the McMahon-Helmsley era. And we're, we're getting deep in the waters a little bit. A little deeper than we were a few weeks ago. And um, things are things are pretty exciting on this show. So let's see what happened here. Um, SmackDown opened up with. Whew, this is not what I want to see here. Um, let's see. Did I just sing Chris music? That was completely accidental. I did not mean to. I did not mean to sing Chris Benoit's music. Uh, let's see. I typed in SmackDown. Let me know to type in. Results and search. I should have been more prepared, you guys. All right, let's see what happens. Is this going to tell us what happened? 
the match card. Here we go. Uh, Roman Reigns, that, that was the end. Uh, Nakamura uh, versus Ludwig Kaiser and, and in the opening match. And uh, Ludwig Kaiser ended up losing, I believe. Nakamura got the win. And that makes Nakamura the number one contender to the uh, Intercontinental Championship held by Gunta. So that should be pretty interesting. Uh, we had a gauntlet match to determine uh, the number one contender to the uh, women's title. Oh, here we go. Ricochet versus Happy Corbin. That's right. That's very skippable. I like Ricochet, but I do not like Happy Corbin. Uh, Ricochet got the win. It's pretty cool. And then, let's see. Nakamura versus Kaiser Lud Ludwig. Uh, and if Nakamura wins, which he did, then he earns a shot at the uh, at the title. Uh, Nakamura taunted Gunther after the match, uh, defiantly standing face-to-face -face with his opponent on uh, next week's show. Kobe Kingston cut a promo backstage, talking about how the Viking Raiders took out his homie. You know, uh, Liz, Liz, Liv Morgan came out to cut a promo and talk about the number one contender's gauntlet that she was going to be at ringside for. Uh, the fans were booing her very loudly, uh, saying, you tapped out, you tapped out. And she was like, I know I tapped out. I'm so sorry. And then they just hated her. It was pretty funny, actually, to tell you the truth. And um, so we'll see what happens. We'll see if Triple H, uh, if Triple H, Decides to, to, to double down on her as a babyface at this point. Um, the fans were just behind her, like right before right before SummerSlam. The fans loved her, and they just they hate her now. They're chanting, you tapped out to her. And then she said, it's okay. I appreciate you calling me out on my shit. And then Caleb Braxton was like, oh, uh, what did you see on television? So that was fun. And then, uh, let's see. Oh, Shayna Baszler ended up winning that match. Uh, Raquel Rodriguez... Uh, she went like she went all the way through the match to the end. Shayna Baszler came out and uh, destroyed her. And so Shayna Baszler is the number one contender for Liv Morgan's United States Women's Title, whatever it's called. Uh, the Viking Raiders uh, lost to Kofi Kingston. That's embarrassing. Kofi Kingston, the Viking Raiders. Oh, they defeated two jobbers, and then Kobe Kofi came out, talked smack to him, challenged him to a match, and then he won. Uh, Roman Reigns comes out to address Drew McIntyre. So, you guys, this is exciting, okay? Stay with me here. Roman Reigns comes out and he says, You know what we this you know the drill by now. We go to the show, we defend our titles, we win the big one, we couldn't we come back to SmackDown and we brag about it. The first person I want to talk about tonight is Brock Lesnar, right? The place booze. I hate him too. Yeah, I hate him too. That's why I beat his ass at SummerSlam. And then uh, Drew McIntyre comes out. And Drew McIntyre, you know, shing. He walks out to the ring all cool and tough, right? And then this music hits. And this, this video plays. And everybody's like, what's happening? What's going on? And then all of a sudden you see a, a person show up on the ramp. And it's like, wait a minute. Is that? And then boom. Carrying Cross takes down Drew McIntyre. Karrion Cross is back, you guys. He's on SmackDown. He takes out Drew McIntyre. He takes out the number one contender to the universal, undisputed, galaxy, whatever it is. He takes out the number one contender to Roman Reigns. He hits his head on the on the steps. Boom, 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 boom. He hits his head a bunch of times on the steps. And 
Scarlet comes over. She puts an hourglass on the ring apron. Roman Reigns looks super scared. And tick-tock, Roman. Tick-tock. Because the Toll Man is coming to SmackDown. And everybody pays the Toll Man, Roman. Tick-tock. It's only a matter of time before you pay the Toll Man. Hey, I'm a huge fan of Kevin Cross. Okay, I'm a huge fan. Kevin Cross, Killer Cross, Carrying Cross, whatever you want to call it. I'm a huge fan of that man. He's been on my podcast two times. He's super dope. Like, ever since I saw his, his stuff in, in Future Stars of Wrestling, when he was, I don't want to say like a nobody, you know, but like when he was up and coming, when he was kind of a nobody, uh, I saw him wrestle in Future Stars of Wrestling. This is before Impact. This is before NXT. This is before all of it, right? He was dominant. He destroyed people. Everything he does looks devastating. He looks, in a fake sport, he looks real. You know what I mean? Like, those guys come around, you know, a couple times a generation. And Kevin Cross, Killer Cross, Karrion Cross is special. He's dominant. Everything he does looks devastating. He has Scarlet. Scarlet is a perfect, like, complement to, like, the yin and the yang because he's this big, devastating monster. And then she's, like, this beautiful woman that controls him. Or I don't know what she does. But she, like, has an hourglass and she puts it out there and tick-tock. Hell yeah. I'm super excited to see what Karrion Cross does. I'm super excited to see next week on SmackDown. I'm going to watch that thing as soon as it starts because I want to see, I want to hear what the tall man has to say. We're in a new era. We're in the Triple H era. I'm super pumped. I'm super hyped. Anything can happen. Anything can and will happen. As soon as the SmackDown was over, I texted my friend and I said, Triple H, he brought Karrion Cross back in this way. He didn't just bring him back. He brought him back on SmackDown. He brought him back at the top of the of the show, like the main event. He brought him back against Roman. This is the best possible scenario for me as a wrestling fan there's not anything he could have done that triple h could have done there's not anybody else that triple h could have brought back that would have been super cool that would have been better than this that would have been more exciting than seeing carrying cross come out scarlet puts the hourglass on the ring apron tick tock roman tick motherfucking talk hell yeah you guys um where do we go from here where do we go from here you guys TikTok, right? Where do we go from here? Um, let's, let's find out. Let's find out. We'll keep watching. We'll keep listening. We'll keep doing podcasts. Um, I'm super excited to tell you more results as they come out. We have Raw tomorrow. We have that big Quake by the Lake, AEW Dynamite on Wednesday. We have SmackDown on Friday. And who knows? Who knows? Sky's the limit. All Out's coming up, I think. Is All Out coming up? Something's coming up. All Out's coming up. Uh, the NWA 74 two-night event, that's coming up. Some WWE's always got something coming up. So I'm super excited, you guys. Stick to wrestling. Stick to this podcast. Go rate, subscribe, um, leave me five stars, tweet me, do something. I don't know. I'm just super jacked up right now on just like wrestling, uh, just wrestling excitement. And I don't even know what to say. I'm going to sign off. My name is Funky Sam Medina. This has been super fun. Hey, thank you guys for having me back. I hope to uh, to grace your ear holes uh, soon, every week, hopefully. Go listen to Hypothetical Comedy on, on wherever you find podcasts with myself and my wife. 
We talk to comedians. It's super fun. You guys, go watch. Go watch yourself some wrestling. Go have fun. Hey, thank you for listening. I'm Funky Sam Medina, and I'll talk to you guys uh, another time.